Hello, camp counselors, campers, and anybody who's had s'mores for dinner this week. I'm Maddie Hammond, and you're listening to Camp Stories. Although Christine had been tempted to pack up her beat-up Honda and drive back to Louisville immediately after arriving back at her parents' house on Sunday night, she decided to be responsible and tidy up her Indiana life before starting her new adventure. She had spent the week cleaning and organizing her childhood bedroom, making sure to leave the place spotless. After the mildly claustrophobic experience of sleeping amongst all her late Uncle Pat's sports memorabilia, Christine had been inspired to purge the clutter from her closet. She knew that most of her branded college merchandise would never see the light of day in her post-grad life, so it needed to go. She kept one well-worn, oversized sweatshirt with the word Indiana emblazoned across the chest and dropped everything else off at the local thrift store. Teas, hats, unopened office supplies, the stack of textbooks that she hadn't been able to sell, all gone. She didn't need any of it and didn't want to have to deal with purging it all in the future. Although her college memorabilia had been easy to get rid of, Christine couldn't say the same for her Camp Harwood collection. She knew it would be irrational to hold on to every little thing forever, but her 14 summers worth of art, clothing, and miscellaneous cabin decorations felt so important. How was she supposed to throw out the first lanyard she'd made at age nine? or her archery awards from when she was 12 and decided to focus on a program outside her comfort zone. Even the sweet notes from cabin mates that she saved seemed like priceless treasures. So maybe she wasn't enough of an adult to clean out all of her childhood knickknacks. She was, however, grown up enough to organize all of her Harwood stuff and put it away in a shiny new plastic tub. She would save those memories forever, even if they took up valuable closet space. Christine woke up early on Friday, feeling sleepy but energized in that way she always felt when she got to go somewhere. She packed up her clothes and other essential items in a vintage Harwood chest that she'd had for years. It was weird, packing up and not knowing how long she'd be gone, or what lay ahead. She was bringing a little bit of everything down to Louisville. Fun sundresses, oversized loungewear, workout clothes, swimsuits, slippers, sunglasses, even a light jacket, since she might stay through the fall. She waited until lunchtime to say goodbye to her parents and head out, since they were both busy working in their newly upgraded home office all morning. Christine would miss them, and the extra time they'd had together during the first few months of the pandemic. She knew that they enjoyed their time together too, but were secretly ready to return to the empty nester life they'd gotten used to. After pulling away from their family group hug, Christine climbed into the driver's seat, buckled her seatbelt, rolled down her window, plugged in the aux cord, and put a new Music Friday playlist on shuffle. With Katy Perry's newest delightfully sweet pop song blaring from the speakers, Christine pulled out of the driveway and waved dramatically out the window to her parents. She was on her way. About an hour into the drive, The high of the upbeat music and promise of new adventure had worn off just enough for Christine to be focused on the not-so-fun parts of her current reality. There was no going back to college, she'd processed that, but she was missing Camp Harwood. A lot. On top of that, the job that she was supposed to start in the fall had canceled her contract. Christine tried her hardest to focus on the adventure she was actually going to have in Louisville, rather than how she was about to miss out on a year-long contract teaching English in China.
She was a little worried about money, but Lisa had promised to take good care of her, so at least she wasn't worried about not having a place to live or food to eat. She tried to focus on the good. Daydreaming about going vintage shopping with Aunt Lisa is what ended up putting Christine in a better mood. She kept thinking about Lisa's patriotic jeans that she'd worn on the 4th of July, and how excited her aunt had been when they were peering in the windows of the vintage stores. Lisa had asked Christine to give her about an hour heads up when she'd get to Louisville, so Christine wasn't totally surprised that when she arrived at her aunt's house, there were two large pizzas sitting on the counter waiting for dinner. Last weekend, Lisa had told Christine that she'd never tried pineapple on pizza, and was not convinced that it would change her life for the better. When Christine opened the first box, she grinned. It was a pineapple pizza. I thought I'd roll out the welcome wagon in style and try something new. Plus, if I don't like your favorite, I'll be happy to eat a few slices of the veggie lover's pizza, Lisa said with a wink. Christine was delighted when Lisa loved the pineapple pizza. She thought it was wonderful that her aunt tried something new. It only took about 20 minutes for the two women to devour the whole pie, leaving the veggie pizza unopened on the counter. They agreed that it would make excellent leftovers. Once they had digested a little, Lisa offered to help Christine unpack her car. Upon seeing the Camp Harwood trunk nestled in the backseat of Christine's car, Lisa lit up. This looks just like my Harwood trunk, Lisa exclaimed. I had no idea you had one of these too. Lisa's joy rubbed off on Christine, who happily shared the story of her parents outbidding a bunch of others at the auction they'd attended when Christine was little. Lisa offered Christine her pick of the guest rooms, but they both knew Christine wanted to sleep upstairs, where she had the past weekend and so many times before. When she pushed open the heavy wooden door, Christine was touched. Although the room she'd been in only a few days ago hadn't been completely redecorated, Almost all of the sports memorabilia was gone. Lisa must have seen Christine's reaction, and quickly explained that the balls weren't gone yet, just stuffed into the neighboring bedroom. I thought since you're going to stay a while, we could go pick up some decorations and you could really make this room your own. We're two single girls, and I thought maybe we could really turn this place into a bachelorette pad and make our inner princesses proud. I bet you'd like some different bedding, too. This plaid is just too masculine. Christine was taken aback at her aunt's welcoming gesture. Aunt Lisa, that is wildly generous. I definitely won't say no to a shopping trip. Later, when Christine couldn't sleep, she pulled open Pinterest on her phone and started a vision board for what the bedroom could look like. Lisa had encouraged her to let her imagination run wild, so she pinned photos of luxurious, jewel-toned velvet fabrics, wicker furniture, and vintage wall art. When she closed her eyes and imagined the potential of the room, she pictured an oasis of vintage objects. She fell asleep, dreaming of indoor plants and swinging chairs. When Christine woke up the next morning, she could hear a blender whirring downstairs. She met her aunt in the kitchen, and Lisa promptly handed her a giant glass filled to the brim with a green smoothie. Cheers, said Lisa, still sweating from the workout she had just finished. The two sat and sipped and planned out their day. First, they'd hit some of the superstores for basics like bedding, then visit some of the local vintage stores and flea markets for more unique decorative pieces. 
Christine hadn't realized how quickly Lisa wanted to jump into this redecorating project, but the sense of urgency was strangely calming. Finally, she felt excited about what was happening around her, rather than what she was missing out on. Lisa opted to drive, since her SUV would hold a lot more cargo than Christine's little car. On the way to the first store, Lisa asked Christine what music she'd been listening to recently. Seeing that she could connect her phone to the car's Bluetooth, Christine put on Harry Styles' most recent album. The two women opted to enjoy the music, rather than chat. I really like the sound of this, Lisa said in between songs. When Christine and Lisa reached the first store, they pulled on their masks and each sanitized a shopping cart. Although all the major retailers were open, the women were still being responsibly cautious about keeping things clean and not catching or spreading the virus. They headed straight for the home section, and Christine's attention immediately landed on a beautiful green velvet duvet. It looked straight out of the Emerald City. Lisa cheered. Throw it in the cart! Christine continued to fill her cart with whimsical bedding, peacock-printed sheets, embroidered pillows, and a gold blanket to keep at the foot of her bed. She also found a giant bedside table and gold lamp, which Lisa encouraged her to pick up as well. Since her aunt was funding the whole shopping spree, Christine didn't put up a fight. Lisa, who was finally replacing the bedroom decor she'd shared with Pat, was on a mission to put together an ultra-girly room. Everything she selected was either pink, floral, or tastefully sparkly. Christine thought it was particularly cool that her 62-year-old aunt was doing some of her personal home decoration shopping in the kids' aisle. After selecting a full bathroom's worth of items, including a palm-leaf printed shower curtain, the two made their way to the checkout. As they unloaded their haul onto the conveyor belt, Lisa added a bottle of inexpensive champagne to the pile of housewares. What? She asked slyly. We'll have to christen the place. They checked out, loaded up the car, and drove downtown to a store that Lisa described as the biggest vintage market you've ever seen. Lisa wasn't kidding. When she stepped inside the warehouse, Christine felt like she'd gone down the rabbit hole into a magical alternate reality. Vintage furniture, clothes, and knickknacks filled the space, yet it didn't feel cluttered. It had a perfect balance of calm and chaos. Christine stood in the doorway, enchanted and awestruck. Lisa, on the other hand, made a beeline down the center aisle. Darling, come on! I saw a chair the other day that I think will fit perfectly in your room, called Lisa, already a hundred feet away. Christine snapped out of the trance and hurried to catch up to her aunt. Lisa was stopped next to the most amazing high back rattan chair. Doesn't the design look a little bit like a peacock? Offered Lisa. When you picked up those sheets earlier, I immediately thought this chair would be a perfect fit for you. Christine had to admit, she wanted the chair. She'd never felt this excited by a piece of furniture before, like it was speaking to her. She flipped the tag over. $75 seemed like a steal for something this beautiful. Are you sure you want to buy me a bunch of furniture? Christine asked. I don't want to burden you with a ton of stuff when I eventually move on. Lisa smiled. Sweetie, I wouldn't offer to buy you just any chair, but this one 
is magic. Think of it as the throne you always needed in your princess room. Christine was once again struck by her aunt's generosity. It was a side of Lisa she hadn't seen while growing up. Once again, Christine thought about how they might have had a better relationship if it hadn't been for her Uncle Pat's ugliness. But he was gone now, and Christine only felt a little guilty for thinking that the world was a better place without him. Lisa and Christine got lost in the vintage store for hours. The other big treasure they found was a gorgeous record player for a great price. Lisa said she'd always wanted to replace hers, but Pat hadn't really been a music-in-the-house guy. That notion made Christine's blood boil. Flipping through a stack of old records, Christine turned to Lisa. What record would be, like, the ultimate find for you? Lisa pondered for a minute. Well, if we want to go back to the glory days at Harwood, it seemed like we were always listening to Elton John. I always loved Tumbleweed Connection because one of my favorite counselors always played it for us. So I think that would be an amazing find. Christine sighed. Well, no Elton here. She made a silent promise to herself that she would find that record for her aunt as a thank you for her kindness. Even if it took her the rest of the summer, she wouldn't rest until she found it. Lisa and Christine didn't get home until well past dinner time, but they were so excited to set up their new decorations that they barely felt hungry. The two hauled all of Christine's new purchases upstairs and got to work moving the rest of Pat's belongings to the other upstairs bedroom. They'd deal with it all later. Christine was so happy with the way the room turned out. It really echoed the magical whimsiness that she'd felt in the room when she was a little girl. It looked regal, a little witchy, and appropriate for an adult. For her first real decorating job post-college, Christine was impressed with herself, and the Rattan Peacock chair truly pulled it all together. After stepping back to admire her handiwork, Lisa checked her watch. Well, we've got about 45 minutes before all the restaurants nearby close up. How about we go pick up some tacos? Lisa called the Mexican restaurant, put it in order, and smiled at Christine. Food will be ready in about 15 minutes. Let's go. The pair walked down the Bonnie Castle sidewalk toward Bardstown Road. Christine barely knew Louisville, but she already knew Bardstown was her favorite. She grinned at the fireflies lazily dancing around her as the sky grew darker. For the first time in a long time, Christine felt happy and hopeful. Since they got to the restaurant a few minutes early, Lisa wandered a few buildings down to the nearest tattoo parlor and gazed in the window. Aunt Lisa, are you thinking of getting a tattoo? Maybe a flaming armband or a shamrock on your butt? Lisa chuckled. No ink for me. That ship sailed a long time ago. What do you mean? replied Christine. Well, Lisa said reluctantly, that's a long story. And much like any long story, it's about a boy. Okay, story time, Christine not so subtly demanded. She and Lisa were back home, settled in the kitchen, and digging into the fresh tacos they just picked up. Lisa sighed. Okay, but this is one I haven't told in years. Don't fault me if my memory is a little fuzzy. 
It was 1979, my last summer at Camp Harwood. I was your age. It was my 15th and final summer at camp. Somehow my two best friends and I were working together as lifeguards at swimming and in the same cabin. I was on top of the world, even going into that last summer. Then Harry came into my life. Wait, you had a love interest named Harry in 1979? Is this a true story, or are you just going to tell me the plot of Mamma Mia and sub yourself in as Donna? Christine exclaimed. Lisa looked confused. Christine quickly apologized. Okay, that was silly. Sorry for the interruption. Lisa continued. I knew the minute I met him, I was in trouble. I'd had my share of flings every other summer I worked but none of them ever immediately grabbed my attention the way Harry did. He was unbelievably handsome, charming, and being from England had this accent that made all of us swoon. But there was something else about him, something that I've never been able to put my finger on. Magic is the word I used to use to describe it. Maybe it was love at first sight. Whatever it was, he felt it too. We became inseparable, spending all of our free time together. We'd even sneak out of our cabins in the middle of the night to sit down by the lake and look at the stars. It was incredibly romantic. Lisa paused for a while, reminiscing. The problem was, as much as we loved each other, we knew we couldn't be together after the summer. Back then, long-distance relationships were even harder than they are now. So, when the summer ended, I gave him one final kiss goodbye at the airport and drove away. I haven't seen or heard from him since. Why didn't you ever reach out to him? Christine asked. Well, a few weeks later, I met your Uncle Pat. It was a setup, the first and last blind date I ever went on. And then we were together. It felt inappropriate to try to get in touch with Harry after that. Lisa paused, adding, but I never stopped thinking about him. Can I ask another question? Christine asked. Of course, sweetie. What does Harry have to do with the tattoo shop? Well, the only time I ever entertained the idea of getting a tattoo was with Harry. He used to love the lightning bugs, just like you do. We used to draw tiny lightning bugs on each other, and always said that we should get them tattooed permanently. As romantic as that idea was, I'm glad we never did it. It would have been painful to see a part of him on me every day for the rest of my life. That was one of the most heartbreakingly romantic things Christine had ever heard. She had always hoped to fall in love at Camp Harwood, like really fall in love, but now, hearing the pain in her aunt's voice, she was almost thankful she hadn't. Happily ever after with a camp boy would have been the most special thing in the world, but this alternative to love was too painful for her to even want to imagine. Christine was itching to ask a million more questions about camp and Harry and her Uncle Pat. She wanted to know everything about this mysterious magic man but she could sense that talking about her lost love had left Lisa in a melancholy mood. Christine switched to a different subject, hoping to give her aunt some relief. 
Hey, I bet the bedding is done in the dryer. Should we go make over your room before we get too sleepy? An hour later, with both of their rooms fully made over, Lisa and Christine said goodnight to each other. Christine politely declined her aunt's offer to join in her 6.30 a.m. basement workout. She was ready for a new routine, but not that new routine. While she showered and got ready for bed, Christine noticed that she still felt happy and calm. Between the good food, great company, and creative outlet, today was the first in a long time that felt full and purposeful. It took her a while to fall asleep, as usual. But instead of feeling sad or lonely, Christine's mind was busy with thoughts of her aunt's love story. There were still so many details to learn. She'd have to ask next time the topic came up, but Christine was fairly certain that even her mother, Lisa's sister, didn't know about Harry. Christina woke with a start in the middle of the night. She'd been dreaming about Lisa and Harry reuniting. It was so romantic. She couldn't fall back asleep. Her mind was racing. What was Harry doing now? Where had his life taken him? What if he was in the United States? What if he was single? Was it unreasonable to think that her aunt might be able to find her Camp Harwood happy ending this long after she'd met the love of her life? She let her imagination run wild for a while before putting on a soothing podcast to lull her to sleep. She knew where she had to start. She needed to find Harry. Thanks for listening to Camp Stories. Tune in next Monday for the next chapter in Christine and Lisa's adventure.